0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: All right, we are officially back in school, which means everything kind of gets to be a little bit of a rush from about 3.30 p.m. on. And that is also in conjunction with dinner time, which means I'm constantly looking for weeknight recipes that are easy. They're simple. And one thing that continues to stay in our fridge in stock because we use them so often now is Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. They can be added to your weeknight dinner rotation in so many different ways. They're very easy to just fill, roll, and bake. So get creative here. Think pepperoni pizza crescent rolls, chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, ham and cheese crescent rolls, which I did recently with a little everything but the bagel spice on top, and it was absolutely eaten. Every last bit of it was gone from the pan, which makes me so happy as a parent that all four kids enjoyed the exact same meal, which is sort of rare in our house. You can actually check out pillsbury.com slash everyday-eats dash slash fill-roll-bake dash and find so many different recipes to try with Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. Dinner prep in 30 minutes or less and they're picky eater friendly. You can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle. So go check out pillsbury.com and find those recipes and different ways that you can utilize them in your weeknight. I swear to goodness, I heard this once and it has changed my life ever since. It's so easy, it's so fun and the kids love it. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're doing this on a little bit of a whim. But first of all, happy anniversary. Five years married. High five. (laughs) So quiet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Five years married. Does it feel like five years?
2: Nope. Feels like about two, maybe.
1: Mm. Just fit in a two and a half year old within that.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much the...
1: We had an interesting start, though, because we got married... And what was it, a year and a half until there was a pandemic?
2: Wasn't it that close?
1: Yeah, because we got married in the fall of 2018 and it was in the spring of 2020.
2: I feel like we were married like a while before.
1: No, we Hmm. weren't. It was really quick. That was like literally we were in the honeymoon phase when that all started. Hmm. But we've had in five years of marriage... Not ups and downs with us, but ups and downs, maybe individually. So the one thing I wanted to talk about today was sort of mental health and how it's been within the context of a marriage. Because I think a lot of people are so afraid about how their personal mental health impacts other people. And when I was Googling about PMDD, which is what I have, the number one thing that was coming up about it was how much it impacts relationships. So I thought we've kind of gone through a couple rounds of things like this before we've gone through, you've struggled with seasonal depression in the past. Mm-hmm. I've struggled with prenatal depression. And now we have this new PMDD monster that we're dealing with. Yep. <laughs> I, really, I just felt like I was talking a lot and I wanted to give you some space and then you're just like, no. So it's no secret that you've been sort of keeping me alive lately but I kind of want to talk to you like how as a partner, what has been sort of your struggle in watching your partner struggle awkward because I'm the one asking.
2: I think so. I mean, you know, couples support each other. Mm -hmm. That's like what, that's what you do. That's why you're with someone. Mm -hmm. Relationships are about enjoying the highs and dealing with the lows together. Right. Yeah. The hard part of something like this, where, it's, you know, fairly frequent is that, you know, when I'm not feeling great,
1: Mm. where do I go? Yeah. You don't want to layer.
2: Right. So it's like, you know, it's not easy, but it's something, you know, we've dealt with and I think it's been pretty good. But I mean, for the most part, I think, yeah, like you, you kind of expect to do this. It's just, It happens more frequently when it's something like this.
1: Yeah, it's cyclical, right? So it happens basically every three weeks. Do you feel a little, I think I just feel still so, I'm going to get emotional as per usual, but like I feel so jolted from what happened last month. Like I was so low that like I was struggling with like suicidal thoughts. And that was like terrifying to tell you because I'm like, you care about me too. And now like we're both hurting over this. (laughs) Did it scare you? Like I, that whole thing just scared the shit out of me.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously it did. I think, you know, I'm a, i am I like to try to fix things.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: so uh, I immediately was like, okay, what do we need to do to, yeah. to fix this? Yeah. So, you know, I was ready to do whatever it took. Obviously I would, maybe, maybe I was a little I was a little uh, overzealous in the moment because, uh, you know, I was ready to completely change what we were doing with our yeah. lives.
1: <laughs> you know what, though, I'll be honest. You were like, it was so funny because I was like, I think I'm just done with everything. And you're like, that's fine. We'll sell the house. You quit your job. It's fine. Everything's going to be great. We're just going to just sell everything, everything. We're never going to have financial worries. Everything's going to be gone. Nothing is on your back. I'll I'll do this. I'll do that. You were just like, in the moment, it, it actually gave me a little bit of a mental, health, uh, mental out. I know you were just like really going for like, I'll just fix the problem. but it also helped me not feel so trapped in the cycle that my brain was going in, which was that I was so trapped. You were like, no, we can literally do everything and like just downsize, do everything, whatever we need to do, we can sell off everything. And it made me feel like, okay, that's no longer part of that cycle of thought of of fear, you know because, I remember when I was about to get divorced. The thing I was so terrified of was giving up a house. So where am I going to live? Like these little tiny things. They're they're big things, but they were they were like secondary questions to do you want to be in the marriage or not? And at the time, it wasn't about do I want to be married or not. It was what do I do with all of this stuff? So I do feel like in that moment, you sort of like took off that top layer of stuff i do think too for anybody listening who's like in and i don't know if you did this intentionally but as anybody listening who has a partner that struggles with mental health one thing that you did not do was keep asking me what you could do Mm. you just kept doing things you kept asking if like you just kept one offering me food two offering me drinks Three, just like staying with me like at all points like you were even cutting the grass at one point and just like I came outside and sat while you cut the grass you really didn't make it a burden on me to tell you how to help me was that intentional was that something you were thinking about or were you just trying to just show up
2: to be honest I don't remember
1: oh. <laughs> because, like three weeks ago yeah that's a long time <laughs> I
2: don't even remember what happened this weekend so.
1: I know that's true It's no secret that I have been going through some mental challenges lately, and I think the hardest thing about it was actually doing something about it. It's one thing to be feeling low. It's another thing to have to start doing something about it to make yourself try and feel better, to access tools, to be able to move forward. Talkspace has been that stepping stone for me to make a difference in my life. Talkspace makes it easy to find a therapist that you actually like. It's convenient you meet them online, at home, or wherever you're the most comfortable. Talkspace is also accessible and affordable.
0: If you think that maybe seeing a therapist or psychiatrist
1: would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them or afford them, try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting you help easy, accessible, and affordable. Sometimes people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist. That was me. That's me right now. I use it oftentimes like an umbrella. But you don't always have to wait. You can get a Talkspace therapist now and help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in future difficult times, and just sort of be a guiding light. Getting started is the important part. And trust me, I know it. Talkspace makes it easy. And affordable, at TalkSpace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. It's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist in the comfort of your own home. And there's no need to commute to your appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend the sessions. It's mental health care made easy. And Talkspace can help you with any specific challenges you might be facing. It's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and so much more. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash papaya. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash papaya to get $80 off your first month, and you'll be showing support for the show.
0: That's Talkspace.com slash papaya. Take care of yourselves and let's get back to the show. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms.
1: Well, what helps you? Because this is one thing that you and I have talked about before. You said in passing once, and it's really stuck with me. You're like, women... Are lucky because they talk to each other. They have conversations with each other. They unload about their days and how they're doing. And men don't always do that. Do you find, like, what do you do on a hard day? And how do you, like, deal with your own mental health, even within me dealing with mine?
2: I think, to be honest, because it is hard, it is hard to, you know, like, men don't talk about things, Mm -hmm. especially when it's, like, really hard. You know, I think the personal expectation is that you kind of you don't put the burden on someone else right but what does help and and it has helped me like quite a b- lot in the past is my friends and mm-hmm. and having people around and like it kind of it doesn't you know the underlying issue is never well not never but it's the underlying issue is rarely an a- an actual like thing that needs to be fixed that's mm. causing stuff it's yeah. usually like this is just depression and everything seems terrible for whatever reason. Everything is a high anxiety item. Yeah. But what really helps is just distraction. Yeah. And having friends around and, you know, positive interaction is good. You tend to not want to do things. You just want to lay in bed and sleep. Mm -hmm. But I think actually like just getting out of like whatever the environment you're in, that's, you know, kind of, you're just kind of sopping up and, wallowing in I think getting out of the environment helps yeah and you it, it, you do push yourself and may and you know there are times when you just can't do that like yeah there's times when like things are just too too bad and, and that's that's okay too because that's just the reality of what it is but mm-hmm. I think you know if you can push yourself to get out of whatever normal environment you're in and doing something a little bit different be around people that care about you. I think mm-hmm. I think that always helped. That, that that always helps me.
1: Well, and realistically when I was going through that, I moved from the bed to the couch and that was enough of a scene change and I just basically we laid on the couch and you played Zelda for me. I just wanted to watch Mm. you playing Zelda. It was enough of a distraction, put my phone away and we played Zelda. You were doing all the things. But you're right, like, because I couldn't maybe do more than that. I don't think if either one of us is really socially low that we want to hang out with people. But in that time, it was like enough of a distraction, even in a small thing of like moving from the bed to the sofa was enough of like getting out of where I was. And then I think into the next point, is what we prepared for the next time. So this last one was not as bad, thankfully. And you were gone. Did <laughs> How did you feel when you realized that the cycle was happening on the same days that you were traveling home for your mom's surgery?
2: I mean, I, I was checking in a lot mm-hmm. like to say like, hey, how are you? Like, are you like, how are you? Doing? Yeah. How are you okay? Like, yeah. And you, you seemed okay. You were at least like taking care of yourself and you yeah. were up and around and, you know, you did your morning routine. So it, yeah. it definitely wasn't the same level. Yeah. You said you were feeling better. Yeah. Which, and, and you know, you tend not to lie when you're not feeling That's great. That's true. So I felt, you know, I felt okay, I think, going yeah. forward and and I don't know if you know this, but I texted Becky. Oh,
1: okay. And I was
2: like, hey, like Becky, you never,
1: you know. Oh yeah, she was like, on it. Yeah. Becky was here. We watched a, we watched a smutty movie on the first night. And she went with me to the next day to the mall with the kids. And I was like, she's such a good friend. I think I'm just going to cry about Becky. And I know she's listening to it and it's going to make her so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry, Becky. But she's like a show up friend. Like mm-hmm. she just is like she just shows up. And like I was not a fun person. Like I just we were at the mall and I was just like trying to be a good mom and being like a level three Person and just like trying to do my best, and she just like brought that energy for the kids that they didn't even notice me being down.
2: The mall's not fun, so
1: I understand (laughs) why upset. (laughs) (laughs) But they are—they're like they're like those good friends that just like show up and are here and will like drop things. I would sort of love to know, like, how do you feel about the future? Because we have been working through solutions, but I know like I've watched so many people in my family struggle with mental health and you see the strain it puts on relationships. You see how hard that is for like both parties. And it's, and it's not like a, what is it? Like a pain Olympics where it's like, and I'll be honest, and this has been so hard hitting for me because when you struggled with seasonal depression, I think I was there for you, but I don't think I ever fully understood because I've never had depression before. Mm. So I can't imagine being in a situation where you're the support person and you just don't understand what's going on. And to do that long-term, you do have an understanding, which has like helped you show up, I think a lot, but how does it I mean, year five of marriage, how does it make you feel about the future? The fact that we have this like big question mark on whether or not this is going to be something that stays until I go through menopause or not.
2: I mean, that's, there's a, there's a finish line there. So yeah, uterus.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I I think it's like, it's one of those things, like in the meantime, we can figure out how to deal with it, right? Yeah. Like it's things are already better. Like this week was already better
1: than Yeah. Last week, right? Yeah, it was. Or not,
2: not long. Like, like, like last month. month yeah. yeah. So it's like things are already getting better. And like you still felt felt it, but like Yeah.
1: I managed it,
2: which was pe- different. But it could have been anything. Like people, like things happen in people's yeah. jobs. Thing like I, I I think as long as it's like within a certain threshold, it's not really like that big a deal yeah. because it's kind of, it kind of fits into like regular, like, this is like, these are the type of issues that people work through. yeah. And like you said, I've dealt with mental health things before. My family has a history of mental health, yeah. you know, things and, and substance abuse and all that kind of stuff. So like, I've seen so much of it growing up. yeah. It's kind of normal, yeah. right? But that doesn't mean it is for everyone. But I think like, if you come into in to it in that, like, people have ups and downs in relationships mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's how far the pendulum swings that really makes the For difference. Sure. Right. For sure. So if, if, if you don't take care of yourself and you don't try to like at least manage it, yeah, then the pendulum swings a little bit too far. So at the end yeah. of the day, you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to manage it. And I think, you know, as long as you're managing it, it's manageable Yeah. because every relationship has its ups and downs. Things happen every day life circumstances happen that aren't mental health things, that you know, for cause sure. these same kind of feelings. Yeah. So it's like, if you can't manage the mental health component, how can you manage the, the life swings? Yeah. Right.
1: Which can sort of like bring on things in a hurry. I've heard that like people in grief is like one of the biggest triggers for like relationship demise because they just haven't like, it, that's just so much to carry. And it's so much to work through within the confines of a relationship as well. When you can barely, put together your own emotions to have to also take care of somebody else who might be also dealing with those same type of emotions. For some people it bonds them and for others, it tears them apart. But there's something that happened with, before I was diagnosed, but I got angry with you over a yo-yo. I couldn't figure out the yo-yo and you figured out the yo-yo and I was so upset with you. I don't even remember this. I got so mad and I stormed away. And I think I said something to you that was like, not nice. And like, I guess not everybody knows like me IRL, but I am not an angry person. Like I mm. never get mad. Was I don't remember it. So it's not it's not weighing on you the same way it's weighed on me. No. Okay, because that was one thing I was I, like, I, I don't ever want to be mean. You I heard, know? I
2: heard you mention it like a day or two ago. Yeah, I was like the I'm yo-yo. Like, I'm like, what are you talking? It, you know, about? You, know that, you know
1: that like spinny thing.
2: know what a yo-yo is no no it
1: wasn't like no (laughs) No, it wasn't a yo-yo it was like this weight thing and you like shifted it around oh the power ball the power yeah 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 yeah. and i got really upset that i couldn't use it oh
2: really yeah i do not remember you don't remember oh my gosh it's been bothering me forever
1: (laughs) that i got mad at you
0: I'm so excited for Weston to be a sponsor of this podcast because they have so many incredible things that I didn't even know about, and now I get to share them with you. Weston has over 200 destinations around the world and help make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Weston Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well being or keep up on whatever
1: routines that you want to keep up on. At Weston, you can work out the way you want. There's a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine going while you're away. Maintain your focus in Weston workout fitness studios equipped with state-of-the-art equipment or get moving on a group run led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to explore the local areas. Wherever you are, you can run like a local. Weston's three and five mile scenic running maps make it easy to find your best route to explore on foot. Or you can do your own thing, which is my sort of personal preference. In your guest room with workout and recovery gear that's available on demand through Weston's gear lending program. You customize your workout while on the go with Hyperice and Bala products to borrow during your stay. And if you're like me and have different nutritional needs, their Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. Choose what's right for you based on your nutritional balance and make it easy to nourish your health no matter the destination. And of course, we have to talk about sleep. Recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. Wind down naturally with Sleepwell Lavender Balm, which eases tensions and soothes the senses. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. But I think like as a partner, like, what do you think one thing I feel is that I've really tried to do is like, even though I know I'm like, I'm not being a burden, but I'm being like a little bit of a weight that you have to carry through some of these certain days. But is there anything that you were like, oh, that crossed a line in terms of like how I've been because I would have I, thought it was that that I got mad that no. I was like angry. No,
2: because people or mean. people tend to like, you know, if you're doing something and mm-hmm. it's not working out, you might snap at your partner. It happens, yeah. right? Like yeah. I do it all the time if I'm doing if I'm doing something very finicky or very small or detailed and I can't and I'm you know, trying to get a tiny screw into a tiny hole.
1: Yeah. And I can't
2: get it, and you're like, "Shane," I'm like, "What?" You know, like <laughs> I'm not actually angry at you. Yeah. I'm actually So like I don't think like those types of things actually if like are the big things I think it's like I think it's when you get personal Mm. and I don't think you you do that or yeah we've
1: never done that with each other like
2: like you've never called me like a name and I don't think I've ever called you a name and like I think that's the kind of thing where like it's fine to like it's not fine but it happens where like you're, you're emotional
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you tend to respond to something yeah, kind of flippantly or, you know, rude or yeah. snap, but it, it's really like, you don't get personal because yeah. it's, it's not really about that person. Right. Yeah. Like when you're frustrated about your job, you go home and you're like, Oh, like everything's terrible. And you know, you might raise your voice because you're angry, but you're not angry at your partner. Yeah. And I don't think you've done that. You're so, just
1: expressing anger.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and that's okay. I mean, it does affect your partner because, for sure, you know, they feel, they empathize with you. Yeah. But, but I, I I, think when you, I think those things where like people get personal with, with their partners is where it kind of crosses line. And I don't mm-hmm. think you've ever done that.
0: What do you think
1: about the line or the saying hurt people hurt people?
2: I think it's true.
1: I think it is too, but I hate it.
2: Yeah. But I I mean, I think it's true. And, but I don't think it's necessarily true. Mm. Like, I, I think there's some grace to give people that have been through certain things and people have been through, I can only, I, I can only say what I like, you know, I've only lived my life. Yeah. I only know what I've been through. And I yeah. know that like certain things that I've experienced have affected the way I treat other people. For sure. So I have some grace for people who, you know, may have been through through, through some things and do things that maybe I don't agree with mm-hmm. because I don't have an experience that myself. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily true in that, like, I don't think people necessarily have to react that way.
1: Yeah. I think there is a certain level of like, uh, I don't know. I think I, you hear this line a lot when people are trolls and they're mean, people are like, hurt people, hurt people. And you immediately empathize like, yes, hurt people do hurt people. But does that mean that we need to be punching bags for those who are hurt? And I think a lot of my frustration comes from the fact that like, I grew up in a home with a mom who struggled with mental health. She's open about it. And she's the kindest person I know. She was honest about her own struggles, but never never was cruel. And I don't know if that's a personality thing or what, but I've always remembered that like, no matter what I'm going through, I never want to be mean to other people. I don't mm-hmm. ever want my hurt. Like we might share in the hurt mutually because I'm hurting and you love me or that you're hurting and I love you. And we have that empathy for each other and that compassion. But I don't know that I ever want to experience the kind of way of hurting another person because I'm feeling hurt that I want them to be in pain as well. That's always something that I I feel gets brought up a lot when it comes to like, I don't know, negativity and stuff, but in any mental health communities and people that I've talked with, it's not something that's like promoted, like just be like, you're hurting, go hurt people. It's like being hurt is like a call to heal and being hurt. Like, wanting, like feeling certain ways about other people is a call for like your own healing. And I think that it's made me have to, uh, like, I'll be honest when I'm feeling down, it's harder to see happiness for other people. It's harder to see other things, but I don't wish harm. I don't wish hate. I don't feel certain ways about other people. And I think I've like really tried to keep that top of mind that like, I'm not turning in, I'm not at any point cruel. And I think that's why the whole yo-yo thing bothered me so much because I felt <laughs> like I was mean and it, to, maybe it's a slippery slope. I didn't want it to go down to the point where I was cruel. And I also give a lot of empathy for people who are maybe struggling and don't know how to regulate their anger yet. And the anger that's rising in them through something like PMDD, which causes like a major shortness of temper and can cause like really major depression and like just awful thoughts. Right. So I empathize too that. Not everybody is like figuring out how to regulate those things. I'm somebody who gets uncomfortable being mad at all. Like I don't like the feeling of anger and I don't do well with it. I feel like every time I'm angry, I I mess it up somehow. Like I, I don't express it the right way. It comes out wrong. I haven't finished my thoughts entirely before I speak them. So it's something that I'm working on for myself, but I just think like that's one thing if I'm honest with you and like I'll say it on here is I don't ever want to be that person. So I would hope that like if you ever see me being like, rude or mean that you would, like, call me on that and, like, tell me that that hurt you because I don't ever want to be that person.
2: Oh, 100% 100 I would. You know I
1: Yeah, I know you would.
2: Whenever you say something that I think is over the line, I I do tell you.
1: That's true. It doesn't (laughs) happen very often. But But
2: I I think all that, though, does come back to the fact that, like, yeah, you know, the whole concept of, like, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I mean, that is a symptom of what is part of like the trauma, like there's a mental illness there, right? Like you can, I don't know if it's PTSD or or what, but like, if, if you've gone through something in your life and there is something there, that's a symptom of, of an illness. And if you don't take care of it, it does affect other people. It comes back to like taking care of yourself first. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself. If you're not taking care of yourself, it's irresponsible for those around you. Right. Like, I mean, You have the right to not take care of yourself. Yeah. But you don't have the right for that to affect other people.
1: That's true, which is why a lot of times like people who struggle with like different types of forms of addiction and stuff. It's like for a lot of times like I don't want to talk into addiction because I don't really know a, a lot about that. But I understand where like it does sometimes cross the line from like hurting an individual to hurting others. And that's like a really hard part. And I think the same could be said. And I think it's also hard because we are in a time of like mental health crisis, a lack of access to mental health, AIDS, but it can really be, and I don't want to oversimplify this, but I think the first thing is just being able to talk about it. Like being able to, like they say it's important to talk about it, but I have been holding all of this stuff in for months. And then last month scared me so much that I was like, I think a big problem with this is that I'm not talking about it. And then I'm trying to just act like I'm okay because I don't want other people to feel sad. And it was weird too, because when I first like shared that I was going through stuff, like I lost like 4,000 followers. And I was like, That must've been because it's hard for them to see sadness. It's hard for them to hear about this. And I empathize with that, but it also made me realize like we're, a lot of people were really uncomfortable with it. And a lot of people were just, but for like 99.9% of people were like, this is what I've been silently struggling with. And nobody's talked about it. I have felt so alone in this. Like I didn't, I never wanted to tell the doctor that I've been struggling with suicidal thoughts. Cause I thought it was going to impact my custody of my kids. So many layers to things and why people are quiet men. There's stigma. There's so much stigma around men and mental health that I think like step one in like taking care of yourself is like finding a way to talk about it. I think I'm I, not an expert and I'm not a guru. No,
2: I, I was going to say like, just to elaborate on that, I think, anybody can kind of agree like the step step number one is talking to a professional about it yeah because talk to a doctor first yeah hopefully your doctor refers you to someone if they don't maybe seek a second opinion but like if you're if you're feeling like like if you have mental health concerns you should speak to a you know, am a me- mental health professional mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I like, talked to
1: mine and it took a little bit of me really being serious before I even got a diagnosis.
2: Well, the thing is, is like not everybody, it's not PMDD for everybody.
1: Yeah, exactly. If
2: like, it could be whatever, mm-hmm. right? So unless you talk to someone, how are you ever going to figure that out? And like, again, we can give advice based on our own personal experiences. Yeah, but we don't know. But everybody is an individual. And yeah, everybody, absolutely. Everybody has a different, you know. Situation, So everybody should really speak to a professional about like their, you know, mental health concerns and then go from there.
1: But I will say like, I think step one, when we talk about taking care of yourself is paying attention because it was me tracking my headaches. I was like, there's like on the Apple health app when it comes to your like menstruation, you can put in different symptoms of different things, whether it's like stomach aches or headaches. And I was tracking headaches. And one of the questions was like moods, anxiety. And so I was just checking off things as my cycle went on, trying to track if I was getting headaches with my period. So I was tracking that. And then suddenly, month after month, I was like, wait, always I'm struggling with anxiety. And then it was... Somewhere around January, February, where I started to have like some hormonal issues with other things and the symptoms only got worse. And then it just seemed like this spotlight. I had only heard of PMDD from people on social media. So it wasn't something that I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally this. It took me months of actually paying attention writing things down. I mean, for years, we we were talking about this in bed last night, for years I've had on and off anxiety. That's been sim- what I always called symptomatic anxiety, which means I didn't have a necessary thing that I was worried about. I would just wake up anxious in the night, like an elephant on my chest mm. it would be so debilitating, but never, never attached to anything. So all of a sudden with all of this, I'm like, wait, I wonder if, or even the fact that I had been drinking back then and we always associated my anxiety with drinking alcohol, and now that I'm not drinking, it was a little bit clearer to see this cycle that was happening. And it did get worse. It didn't get worse because I knew about it. It got worse because there's hormone stuff going on. But it, I think the step one for everybody is like to not brush off how you're feeling, not brush off symptoms, not brush off talking to your partner about it, because you too then began, you have the notifications on your phone as well. Like I can share my health status with you now that you know when things are coming so we can create, I mean, someone was like, how do you prepare for PMDD? And I'm like, one, I don't make any like firm plans. Two, I make sure that the people around me know that it's coming. Three, I make sure I take my medication on time. I'm on SSRIs. I cycle on and off of them. That's been important for me. But setting myself up for success this last time, I think made all the difference. Because last month, I was like, everything's going to be fine. It wasn't fine. I was very not fine. And now this month, going into it prepared. But yeah, just setting myself up for success, I think changed everything. And success being that if I were at a level two, I had a few days to like, work around that. If I was at a level five, and if I happen to be at a level eight right through my cycle, that I still had like, you know, tentative plans, things to do, but just like being gentle, like being gentle with my myself, not making any big life decisions during a time that I know that I wouldn't be. There's, when I look back on myself, I almost always like quit everything at the exact same time every month. And it was always part of this, but it's because I just felt despair and hopelessness that it made more sense to me to just quit everything than actually dig deeper. So I do think like paying attention, to how you're feeling and what you're thinking and when you're thinking it and talking to other people that you love or like that love and support you is important or even journaling it. Like I would, I wish, I just wish for myself that I had like paid attention way earlier than, oh, I wonder if I'm getting headaches around this time. That made me realize one of the bigger puzzle pieces of like my whole mental health history.
2: Yeah, I think like to go back to your point about talking to your partner, Mm. Maybe you don't see, I think that's important because like maybe you don't actually see what effect it is having on like the rest of your life or those around yeah. you and just being like open about it. And I think like looking for input yeah, and being like open to input around like, yeah. hey, it's just like, are you noticing this? Are you seeing yeah. this? Are you, fe- you know, or is this affecting
1: because it's Our hard life. to ask your partner. Like if I see you being down, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to ask because what if it's a work thing and then I'm just bringing it up and it's making you stressed out. But then I also don't want you to feel like I don't care and I don't want to bother you. But I just tend to go towards like, he'll tell me if he wants to.
2: Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. And, and I think it's important just to say like, hey, today was a hard day or...
1: And it has nothing to do with you.
2: Or yeah. oh, I'm feeling anxious and I don't know why. Or yeah. I'm feeling depressed and I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I think it's important to just bring that up because like-
1: Yeah, you've always been honest with that with me and it's helped because I'm like, okay, like then I know you're not mad at me. You're not like-
2: And and I I think it like, you know, it can highlight a pattern. It can highlight mm -hmm. why things are happening and it can also like explain like, are there things that are affecting your relationship or your life?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's easy when you see your partner- Being different to make it about yourself too. It's easy Mm. to assume that they are off because they're upset with you or that there's something wrong with you. Have you still managed to feel like, as we wrap this up, like, have you, how do you feel in terms of like our marriage and its strength, even like through something like this? And do you continue to feel loved and supported even while I've been going through stuff?
2: Yeah. I mean, like, when things aren't great, yeah. I would say I realize things about myself, about how I feel about you. Mm. Because like, I look back at what I'm willing to do.
1: Now I'm going to cry for reals. <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, and I'm like, yeah, like this is, I'm I'm in this and, I, and yeah. I'm in it for, for whatever. I'm in it for yeah. good. So yeah. yeah, I think it like, I you know, it's not necessarily... <laughs> something that you need in a relationship yeah but it does make you ref- look yeah. back and reflect on like this is how i actually feel about you and this yeah. is like this is what i'm willing to, to to do
1: yeah i love you i love you happy five years
2: yeah that's a long time
1: is it it feels so short it feels weird sometimes well, five that years m- has
2: been short but i'm generally speaking five years is It's like an eighth of my life.
1: Do you know what's nice though? I really like you. And I feel like people don't talk about this enough because you can love somebody and not like them, but like, I genuinely like you. Like you're the number one person that I want to hang out with. Mm. That's really nice. Yeah, Like I would choose you over anybody else.
2: 100%. Yeah,
1: I like that a lot about us. Mm. So even on the worst of days, you're still the person I want to be with. And on the best of days, you're the person I want to be with, which I think ultimately has helped us balance out some of the harder days because like we're doing both. We're not just having bad days. We're not just having good days. We get both of them. And that's sort of the jackpot of it all. It's that we just get to have all of it. And that seems super awesome. Yep. Go marriage. For sure. Okay. I love you. I love you. Everyone. Thanks for listening to our mental health and marriage conversation. Like I said, it was totally on a whim. So we didn't really prepare for this at all, but thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly
0: who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well.
1: We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and
0: so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.
1: Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.